This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of Business by the Numbers. I'm your host, Hunt Emeris, CPA with Parmelis & Associates. A bit of a different one this week, but a massive case has just reached a verdict which could change home buying in the entire real estate agent market as we know it. I want to talk a little bit about this trial itself, but also the broader impacts of something like this and how it will affect everyone very soon. Before we get into that, I want to have a quick word from our partners who make business by the numbers possible. Let's face it, your shop management system is the most critical tool in your shop. Napatrax will move your shop into the SMS fast lane with on-site training, six days a week support, and local representation. Visit them online at napatrax.com. That's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. Great news. You now have a hiring partner to help you with the heavy lifting of hiring your next superstar. Introducing Promotive, a full-service staffing solution for your auto repair shop. Visit them online at gopromotive.com. A federal jury dealt the biggest blow to American home buying industry in perhaps a century this week when it found that the powerful National Association of Realtors, also known as NAR or NAR, and several large brokerages had conspired to keep agents' commissions artificially high. Sounds juicy, doesn't it? And that's not my wording. That's actually from the New York Times on it. Just one of the articles out there highlighting this case and how important it is. This one kind of caught me by surprise. I was planning to do something completely different this week, but I was like, you know what? No one is talking about this. And some of the stuff that I found on here, I was honestly blown away. I don't want to bury the lead here, but this is how we've always done it. This is how I was told to do it. This is how my predecessors did it. And this whole industry really got so caught up in this and they were able to get away with it for a long time. And what we're about to see here is a major shakeup. Just like that quote says, this is the biggest blow to the home buying industry in maybe a century. That's massive because a century ago, was there agents? What were you getting? Can of Coke or something for a $10,000 house? Pretty crazy. Where did this all start? How did it come to here? Because if you were like I am, you did not have any idea that there was something like this brewing, or let alone that there was a massive class action suit. It ended up being about 500,000 plaintiffs. Class action suits generally start small, a handful of people, sometimes even one, and then lawyers will go out and say, hey, do you buy a house? There is a lot of class action lawsuits. Some have merit, some are a little bit more questionable on it, as you can imagine, but most of them just can't affect that many people because they're usually a bit more specified. Did you take this heart medication? Did you do this? Did you drink that? Did you eat that? How broad reaching is something like this? Hey, have you ever bought or sold a house? Yeah. And most people have done it multiple times. So I tried to do a little bit of digging. And if you can figure out who this person is, if there is one person that did it, then I would like to know because I'm just curious. But it started out in Missouri by what I assume is someone that just really does not like real estate agents and isn't a fan of how much he had to pay them in commissions, he or she, I have no idea, but it has turned into something much, much larger than that. And I believe, now again, details on the earlier part of this are, are sparse right now. This does not have a lot of press anywhere. Even local stuff, I could not find much about this. But when it first started, it looked like it was just a one person or one group of people against just one listing agency or even one brokerage. This expanded to not only that brokerage, but some of the biggest brokerage out there, as well as the entire Association of Realtors themselves. Now, 
This originally came out in 2019. This is when the class action lawsuit was filed, but this has been brewing for years before that. If the class action suit was filed in 2019, they do not do that quickly. Class action suit, and that takes probably five years to even take that and try this because someone has to get together. Someone has to find an attorney on this. The attorney has to say, okay, hey, Hunt, we're not going to have much work or much help here if it's just me and you against all of these other real estate agents and agencies and associations. We need to go get some more power to this. And that's exactly what they did and enlisted 500,000 people that came on and advocated against this, said, hey, Something is not right here and something needs to change. But what's the deal? What were they so mad about? Everyone, I think, gets the general logic here, especially in maybe not today's market. It's still pretty good here in Maryland, but some places are starting to get a little bit shakier. But I know in firsthand, I've been guilty of this, of man, I just had to pay tens of thousands of dollars to someone that maybe did 20 hours worth of work. Now, if I was in the receiving end of it, I wouldn't be too mad, but I'm not sure I'm too happy to just write that check. But you don't have a choice. Hey, you want to list a house? You might want to do for sale by owner, but there's own pitfalls to that as well. Now that we're on the same page that everyone loves real estate agents, somewhat of a joke, and there are many good ones out here. This is not to blast realtors. Father-in-law is a real estate agent on it. There's tons of good real estate agents, and most of them had nothing to do with this. Even if these realtors wanted to buck the trend and say, hey, I don't feel right about this, they had absolutely no choice. These are the rules that bind them. They were just, I wouldn't say innocent bystanders, but somewhat they were. It wasn't something that they had put in place. Are you going to go and scream at the cashier when they say, hey, you can't return that? No, of course, they'd rather just take it back. It's not their money and they don't want to hear you yell at them. It's the store's policy. Same with these real estate agents. So I have to put this out there. This is not an indictment on real estate agents at all, but really just an analysis on something that is probably going to affect everyone listening to this. But also as a wake-up call of what happens when you don't change, when you don't look over, look at the future and see how you could do something better, differently, or maybe just not the exact same that we've always done it. A buddy of mine that's in the mortgage industry and I were joking about this the other day and said, neither of us have ever seen a real estate agent post on Facebook or Instagram that it was not a great time to buy. Rates just reached a 40-year high at 8%. A lot of people might be telling you otherwise, but it is a great time to buy a house. Now, I get it. You're working off of commissions. If you don't sell your house, then no one makes any commissions and they don't have a job. But it's always just funny. Come on now. Is it really a good time to buy a house? Anyways, back to the point here. But that is the point. And this is the crux of the entire lawsuit here. When you sell your house, you have to hire a real estate agent. But wait, hon, I like to do for sale by owner and avoid all the fees. Hey, we'll talk about that in a second. And if truly, if you do for sale by owner on this, some of your hurdles or some of your struggles by listing it without an agent might be a little bit more clear here in a second. One of the things that you know is, all right, I'm going to list a house and the real estate agent's going to figure out a good value or good price to list a house. Now, there's always a argument there. Real estate agents get paid when a house is sold, not when a house is listed. So they have invested interest, not to sell it for the highest dollar, but to sell it reasonably fast for a reasonable amount of money. Think about it. If seller's agents getting 3% of this, how much is that out of their pocket if they were to get you an extra $1,000 less? Not that much, 30 bucks or so, but you're going to get $970 less. This is where there is always a lot of friction because agents generally want to list this lower because they want this a quick sale. They don't like to come in high and they'll tell you every single thing in the book. It seems like that there's a lot of witchcraft and wizardry and a bit of an old boys club 
of the entire market of real estate. And as we'll learn here, some of that is actually in their bylaws. One of the things that you might not have known is it's not as simple as, hey, Hunt, let's take some pictures. We're going to list your house for $500,000 and boom, it's on the market. There's obviously other stuff that they have to disclose, square footage, but the only thing that you have to put in there, you don't have to put how many bathrooms in it. You don't have to put how many square foot. You should, but you do not have to. The only thing that you have to is you have to list your commission structure. Don't want to pay a commission to the buyer's agent? Don't want to list your commission structure? That's fine, but they are not going to put your listing on the largest platform that all brokers actually see these listings from. Seems kind of shady, doesn't it? And this was the whole crux of the association's argument. Hey, we never said that you had to list any sort of commission. We never even said that you had to pay it. But the courts came back and they said, you did and you didn't. Your words are saying you can do whatever you want, but your actions are making it very clear. If you do not list this with a commission structure and agree to pay it, we're not going to put this anywhere. No one's going to see it. And the current model works like this. You list a house for a million dollars and you declare a commission structure. And in Maryland, and this might differ other places, the current rate is generally around 6%. 6% is generally split between the buy and listing agents, but sometimes they can mess around with that. But to keep everything simple, if I'm going to sell a million dollar house, most of this is going to split it down the middle. Your agent that sold the house is going to get 30000 and the buying agent's going to get 30000 as well. Don't list a commission amount or there is no commission. Currently, no one or almost no one will ever see that listing. There is a bit more to this lawsuit, but this is the primary focus. And since there are no laws around how much or how little that you pay, the association argued that it's up to the seller and it's out of their control. However, what does end up biting them is that you are free to do as you please, but the fact that they are not allowing this listing on the largest database is what was ultimately their downfall. Let's face it, your shop management system is the single most important tool in your shop, period. You need NapaTrax because it integrates with all the major players, including Napa ProLink, PartsTech, OE RepairLink, Epicor, TireConnect, Mitchell One ProDemand, and more. NapaTrax has leading-edge tools and technology that your shop needs right now. Unlike the other guys, we'll be there after your installation with the best training and support in the business. Your training includes a learning management system that is tailored to each role in your company. Simply put, Trax was designed and built for shop owners just like you. It all starts when a local representative meets with you to learn about your business to help optimize your shop's workflow, efficiency, and profitability. For over 30 years, NapaTrax has made selecting the right shop management system easy by offering the best, most comprehensive SMS in the industry. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. Visit us on the web at NapaTrax.com. That's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. Shop owners, are you struggling to find and retain top-tier talent for your automotive shop? Introducing Promotive on the web at GoPromotive.com. With over 40 years of combined industry and recruiting experience, we're the ultimate staffing solution. We go beyond traditional agencies. Our team provides dedicated recruiters and account managers advising on processes, compensation, and benefits. We focus on placing technicians and service advisors with shop that offer the best culture, training, and long-term growth opportunities. Trust our experience to match the right talent to your shop. We carefully select shops that value employee excellence and provide an environment for success. Our dedicated team leads the entire process, leveraging our industry knowledge and expertise. 
Partner with Promotive and experience their advantage to help you build a high-performing team that drives your shop's growth. Visit gopromotive.com today and let us help find and keep the best talent in the industry. To equivalent this to something else, this is like if you were thinking about listing your car. So you hired cars.com and you said, great, I would like to list my car on cars.com, Toyota Corolla, thing is a beaut, going to list on there for $10,000. Pay the fee to have the listing on there and they say, great, not a problem at all. What we're going to tell you is, hey, would you like to put a commission on there? No. What do you mean? I'm selling a car. Why am I going to pay a commission to anyone? Most people are doing around a 5% commission, but up to you. There is no rules. You're just allowed to list no commission or a lower commission. Do whatever you want. Okay, great. I'm not going to list a commission. I'm not going to do this. It's a Corolla. And no one needs to have an agent or it doesn't need to be any sort of commissions. And cars.com says, great, Hunt. Thank you so much for that listing. And we will list that shortly. Are they ever going to list that? No. If I do not put a commission... They're going to take my money. They're going to go ahead. They're not going to yell at me for not doing a commission, but no one is going to ever see that car. So I think that there's probably a wiser saying around this one, but does a listing matter if it's not actually listed? It's such a anomaly here, and it makes a lot of sense about why people have issues when you do for sale by owner. You're doing for sale by owner. We already know that it's not going to be a big thing for real estate agents. A lot of real estate agents, and you might argue this, if you have a real estate agent listening to this, oh, I don't care on this, but let's be realistic. Are you going to show a house that you know is for sale by owner? Because for sale by owner generally does not pay out any sort of buyer's commissions. Probably not. And this is not anything where I'm like, why wouldn't you do that? Of course, it just makes business sense. The way the current model set up, are you going to show them a house that's a million dollars, you're going to make 30 grand or a million dollars that you're going to have to beg, borrow, negotiate some sort of compensation from your client to get paid? And hey, if it's for sale by owner, by the seller, what are the chances they just say, you know what, either take a small amount or I'll just go without an agent and we'll just do this completely gone. It's not going to be like that for much longer, but this is how it really works. The judgment is ultimately going to cost a number of defendants, which include, like I said, large brokerages and the National Associated Realtors itself, roughly $1.8 billion in, I think, fines, penalties. I'm not really sure who's paying this stuff because these are the lawsuits that I always think is funny. It's like, all right, so we are going to sue the National Associated of Real Estate. We're going to sue these brokerages and we're going to penalize them $1.8 billion. We're here cheering. Yeah, you got them. And then you're like, wait, who the heck is going to get this $1.8 billion? Now, this is a complete guess. The truth is probably somewhat accurate here. Where's that $1.8 billion going to go? Well, it's a class action suit. And class action lawyers take a pretty healthy cut here. Of that $1.8 billion, let's just say $8 billion or $0.8 billion, $800 million is already gone to legal fees. Realistically, there's only, and I'm only kind of lightly here, only a billion dollars left over. Where does the rest of that billion dollars go? I guess to the government, I guess to some of the people in the class action suit. I don't know. I mean, it's 500,000 people. I don't think that all of these guys are getting checks for millions of dollars. I mean, it's kind of strange. The lawyers end up winning the most on it, but in some cases they do deserve it. If you're doing a class action suit, if you're kind of a tort attorney like this, you do not get paid unless your client gets paid. So when you have a case like this that wins big, yeah, you look like a hero, but if they lost, they were getting nothing. 
And they still might. This is going to be appealed. This is going to be argued back and forth. Now, they could change some aspects of this, maybe reduce the fines of them saying, hey, we'll change the rules on it, but there's no reason that you can find us in the past. The fine itself is a drip in the bucket. That is not what they're interested in. Now, for the National Association of Realtors themselves, that's not a big organization. I looked it up and I think that their profit last year was like around 30 million. I think they're a nonprofit, so it's technically not profit, but it's not a massive one. I think their total revenue was only over 100 million. Now, I'm saying, oh, only? Yeah, the fine was $1.8 billion with a B. That's usually seen for pharmaceutical companies, car manufacturers, guys with revenues in the Bs. Could this be the end of the National Association of Realtors? Yeah, probably. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Well, another thing that I was surprised to find out is how small of a drop in the bucket in the larger market that this is. And so did you know that last year, the estimated real estate commissions from the sales of just residential houses was an estimated $100 billion? Yeah, this is big. Now, why this is even bigger is what a lot of people think is going to happen to that $100 billion industry. Most people are arguing, and I've seen big, I've seen small numbers on this, but it seems like the general consensus here is that if things are changed to what everyone thinks the landscape's going to look like here in the future, that that $100 billion industry would take a big haircut and about 60% of those commissions are going to go away. And this would turn in from a $100 billion industry to about $40 billion. If this is not a disruption, I do not know what is. And a lot of people throw that word around, right? It's a big pet peeve. Oh, we're going to disrupt this. We're going to disrupt that. Hey, your app that tracks my bird feeder isn't disrupting anything. I didn't ask for it. And it's not going to change the way an entire country operates. On the other hand, this judgment is about to start making ways and probably very soon. We do not know what the future looks like because this lawsuit did not come with a fine plus a new set of rules. They just said, hey, you're not allowed to do this. And they left it a little bit unclear. People know change is coming. We just don't know what it looks like. And I think that that was done purposefully. I think they came out, they said, hey, guys, this is a complete breach of the antitrust laws that we have here. This was a monopoly. You guys had too much control over this. And you know that you can't do that. So that's done. Slap on the wrist, pretty big slap on the wrist and cut it out. You guys need to get together. You need to figure out how to change this. Now, this could be that the government is getting together and kind of putting out new rules on this. But of how massive this industry is and, and honestly how complicated it is to a certain degree, I think that they'll leave this up to the private market to say, hey, you guys get your stuff together and you guys figure out what this looks like. We'll ultimately have the final say here. And if you don't, we'll see you back in court. But I think that they're going to let them kind of figure out this new landscape. And I think the market will somewhat do that for themselves. Currently, we already talked about that you have to disclose and in a lot of cases pay commissions. But did you also know that it is illegal or not allowed to have anything but the seller paying the entire commission amount? If there's 6% commission, that's all coming out of the proceeds of the sale. Half of that generally going to the buyer, half of that generally going to the seller. This is the first thing to go away. There's something I didn't even know about. I knew that that's how it always worked, that the seller always paid the commissions. I did not know that that was the only way that it was allowed to happen. That is gone, and that's gone immediately, but this isn't going to be the part that's going to start making major noise. Currently, since the seller has to pay the entire commission to both agents, the commissions are almost never negotiated. Think about it. The seller is listing the house. Once it's set, once it's listed, they aren't going to try to lower the price. 
So they have no reason to go back and try to negotiate this. And even if they wanted to, they can't. They already signed a legal contract with that agent of, hey, this is what I'm going to pay you. However, on the other side, the buyer is always trying to negotiate the price, but currently has no impact on the commission. So it never is anything that's really touched. They're like, I don't really care if you're paying that real estate agent 20%. It's coming out of your pocket, not mine. I'm the buyer. I don't care. You're the seller. That's your problem. The rules have not been set, like I said, but some people think it will look a little bit like this. The seller will still have a broker. And then let's just say they keep that side of it at 3%. Arguably, that's going to change too, because a lot of people are saying that more than half this market's going to go away pretty soon, which probably doesn't mean that that's what the ultimate landscape looks like. They will not have to list anything to the buyer's agent. They don't have to disclose how much they're paying that buyer's agent. They could even disclose that, hey, we're not paying the buyer's agent absolutely anything, and they're still going to be listed. It is 100% up to them. Now, if you're kind of reading into that right there, you probably have to do something there of not even listing that or probably even getting away with this because you're still going to have the same issue. Hey, do you think that the agent, if you're a buying agent, do you think you have a vested interest to show that house that is disclosed that they're going to list or pay out a 2% commission or that one that's going to do none? And since this is has and, and will open up a new frontier, there will be people that come out with hourly rates, flat amounts, or other creative ways to sell their services and get people to hire them. Think about it. Do you ever ask real estate agents what their commission structure is if you're a buyer? No, it has nothing to do with you. If it's coming out of your pocket, would you rather hire a guy and pay them that 3% to buy that million dollar house or the guy that's going to represent you for a flat 5,000? Simple answer. And this is what we're going to see. This is what the whole crux of this is, is they got caught by the antitrust laws. Antitrust do not like monopoly, collusion, and stuff like that, which is exactly what you have here. There was no free market. There was no negotiation. There was no competitive nature to these commissions because it was just never looked at as something that could be argued or could be negotiated. And some say it will change the realtor landscape, but the structure will remain intact. Like we talked about, like, hey, it'll still be agents, less of them, and the ones that stay around, it's going to be less people to split up a smaller pie, but ultimately left relatively unchanged. Now, there have been a number of e-commerce startups and stuff like that targeting the home buying space, offering similar services, almost like the cars.com of buying houses. And they were all, and this is, I'm not even exaggerating, all of them were largely unsuccessful because of these rules and because of how protectionary this industry is. The real estate agent, the realtor, the home buying, that entire process is such a guarded industry that has long been untouched because they have great lobbyists and they have a long history to back it up. It's just not something that's ever been argued or ever thought it could be. And a couple of people have tried to go after them and they've failed. But now these rules have been struck down. Do some of those players come back or are there new challengers waiting in the wings? All in all, this is arguably a breath of fresh air to an industry that, like I said, has been left unchanged for far too long. And most would agree with this statement other than the realtors listening to this, but deep down they even probably do as well. The reason why this is so important is not just because you'll most likely be affected sooner or later by this, but also a wake-up call for your own business and the way that you look at things. What we see here is a classic example of the mentality of, that's just the way that we've always done it. It's one of my pet peeve answers to anything because it's just such a narrow-minded and short-sighted view. Really, there's no reasoning behind this other than that's the one person before you did 
Some change happens slowly, but other things happen overnight. And the success of a business is seeing these changes and getting ahead of them, not being left behind. Imagine if Netflix had said, that's the way we have done it and that's the way we'll always do it and doubled down on mailing DVDs to customers. We probably wouldn't even know that name. It probably wouldn't even be an obscure reference if I brought them up, if they were still mailing out DVDs. But what they saw was that they were innovators and they saw that the future was digital and that on demand was the next big thing. And they become the juggernaut that they are today. Stagnation actually does not exist in business. You are either evolving or you're dying. And dead people can't listen to my podcast. So for both of our sake, I hope you continue to evolve. Please share with friends. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for a future episode, please shoot me an email at podcast at Thanks again for listening on the Aftermarket Radio Network. You can find all shows on the aftermarketradionetwork.com and on your favorite podcast listing app. Thanks again for joining me on Business by the Numbers. Stay safe out there, and I will talk to you all next week. You've been listening to Business by the Numbers with Hunt Demarest on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Follow Hunt on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Hunt is all for advancing the aftermarket.